the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Love never inviting you to join the fight to end human trafficking. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern-day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives Each week, Abolition Radio sheds light on the darkness of modern slavery, celebrates the work of abolitionists who are fighting for freedom, and equips the church to engage in the work of justice with hope rooted in God's Word. Our goal is to see a radio audience become an army of gospel activists. Now, here's the host of Abolition Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Hello, everyone. This is Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Thanks so much for joining us today. We want to begin by also thanking our sponsors and also give a big welcome to my co-host and colleague, Benita Hopkins, who's our director of education here at Love Never Fails as well. Hello. Hello. Hi, Benita. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to dive right in and just give you a little bit of history on Love Never Fails. Many of you who are listening today uh, have had some uh, experience with us, but many have not. And so we want to make sure that you know who we are, what we're about, and why we're doing this. So about 11 years ago, I uh, had the opportunity to start a praise dance ministry in San Leandro at Faith Fellowship Church. And it was a great opportunity and uh, one that has just carried me and and given me an opportunity to work with young people and give back and reach many at-risk youth and share with them not only dance and the technical aspects of learning dance, but also share a message that many of them had not heard before. And that was that that they were loved and, and and, and that they are important to me and to so many others. And as uh, as a person who personally struggled in not hearing that myself and not being around a lot of family as I was growing up, I came uh, in contact with, uh, actually it was in 2008 when I met uh, this student. I, I, I met her when she was around 13. Um, when she was 15, she was uh, um, actually assaulted in Hayward and and then sold throughout the Bay Area for over a year, actually throughout California for over a year. Um, and, and, and I want to clarify because oftentimes there are questions, people are confused about this word sold. Uh, she was literally sold for sex, uh, as a 15 year old child between six and nine times a day without breaks and without vacations and without holidays and, and, um, just taken and, and literally sold as a product. And, uh, that troubled me as I'm sure it's troubling you now as you listen um, to, to the point of not being able to sleep for months and to the point of searching for her 
up and down streets, which I, I learned at that time were, were called tracks, places where people are sold for sex. And as I became aware that this was not something unique, unfortunately, that, that just my student was experiencing, but instead was an epidemic that had become a reality that, that many were accepting in apathy, that, that many were, were driving by and many were walking by with their groceries and their children and, and just kind of walking around a child that was on a street corner that was half clothed and that was cold and hungry and, and being abused in such a horrific way. And yet not many knew what to do about it. And I was definitely one of those. I was confused. I was angry. I was, um, I was sad. I was uh, just so many different emotions came up and, and I, as I said, I, I couldn't rest and, and I began to pray and I began to consult my pastor, Pastor Gary Mortera and, and many other leaders um, that were pouring into my life. And, um, and I just uh, came upon this decision that I had to do something about this. And that's when I, uh, I brought before the Lord and I said, Hey, uh, God, I know I need to do something about this, but I, I'm, I, I'm a full time. I work full time and I'm a single mom of two children and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm completely inadequate. There's no way that I, I will be able to do something like this. And, and he assured me, you know, he, he, he just gave me that peace, that peace that surpasses all understanding. And, and he, immediately birthed the name love never fails and he just just reminded me that all i needed was love in my heart and that that would carry me through and that would um allow me to reach people that maybe weren't reachable before that programs could not reach that that um that governments couldn't reach that systems couldn't reach but but yet his love would prevail that his love never fails and so from that time, uh, which was in December of 2011, Love Never Fails was a new birth. It was a, it was a new beginning for us. And, and I remember the day uh, so vividly. I went on stage and I announced at my church there at Faith Fellowship, I announced that, that we were going to be starting this, this ministry. And at the time, we were going to be a part of faith fellowship as a sort of an outreach ministry of faith fellowship. And, and, uh, 75 people at the time approached me and said, uh, that they wanted to join in the fight and they wanted to learn more. And eventually a few months later, we became a nonprofit, uh, you know, filed our own 501 C three and, and, uh, it was incredible that the, the different churches m- members that came and started joining us in our monthly action network meetings, which we have every first Sunday of the month. And, and it was just amazing to me the way that the organization came together with young and old and different ethnicities and, and different backgrounds and even some atheists and some Muslims and some, you know, um, Jewish and, it, it, you know, just multi-faith, uh, you know, engagement was just unreal uh, to me. And I, I, I began to ask God about that even and wondering what he was doing. And, and, and again, he just, he just continued to show me that, that his love um, would not fail and that it would draw people to this issue, which um, 
no one can turn away from. No one can accept that this is um, that this is the way that our children are to be treated, or that that adults are to be treated. And so, since that time, I've learned so many different statistics about human trafficking. I think it's important for you, as you're listening, to understand that this is something that uh, you know is happening to our children. The average age of a person that is trafficked in the United States is 12 to 14 years of age. I also want everyone to who's listening to know that this is not just something that happens overseas. This is something that is happening to our own children that are here. Uh, it, none of it is right. So. Uh, I'm not saying that to, to you know, make a statement that what's happening overseas is acceptable or, or um, something that we advocate or we look over. Uh, but we thought that it was important that we focus domestically on this issue because 70% of the people that are actually found during an arrest or during an investigation are actually U.S.-born citizens. And so it's important that we know that this is happening here right now. And we also need to understand that it's not just happening to girls. It's happening to young men. Um, and there's a correlation between abused young men and abused young ladies and um, those that fall into exploitation. And a little bit later, my co-host, Benita Hopkins, will talk to you about how our education team was birthed as a result of understanding the correlation between abuse and trafficking. And we believe that by uh, revealing or unveiling the abuse that's happening in homes, we will be able to prevent trafficking from ultimately happening to our precious children. And so th- we just got, we've got so much to share with you. This program is going to provide us an opportunity to bring in some of our thriving survivors and tell you their stories firsthand. It's going to give us an opportunity to tell you, um, bring in some of our partners and have them speak to you about the wonderful work that they're doing we could not do this alone. We are an organization that is all about collaboration. We respect and honor our partners and all of the, the churches that are pouring into our organization and faith communities that are pouring into our organization and, and allowing us to do what we do. And so uh, we're excited that you're here with us today. We've got some, some more information. I want to actually tell you a little bit more about what's happened with our um, our, our thriving survivor that actually um, was the first in our organization. I want to tell you about all the great things that she's doing now and the ways in which the Lord has covered her with love and support in so many different amazing, miraculous ways. So um, we'll be back here in just a few moments, and we will uh, we'll share more with you. And, and, and again, thanks for joining. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. All right. Well, welcome back. You are listening to Abolition Radio, which is a broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. So uh, so we're going to dive into a little bit more detail here about my background. Actually, I, I thought that it would be helpful for you all to hear a little bit more about what led me into uh, teaching young ladies dance, and actually we had young men as well teaching uh, dance. I, I think it it says a lot about our organization, and um, uh, you'll find that our organization is very artistic. And yes. so, um, Benita is 
full of art. Oh, <laughs> so piano teacher, vocalist, you know, uh, tap dancer, you name it. <laughs> no, no tap dancer. No tap dancer. <laughs> okay. Well, um, we all have to tap dance with Love Never Fails from time to time, right? That is true. That <laughs> That's is true. true. Okay. Well, just a little bit of my background. So, you know, I grew up in the Bay Area. I actually originally was born in, in the East Coast, but grew up in the Bay Area as, as a single child to a single parent mom. And I, um, I, there was a time in my younger life, uh, as a, as an infant, actually, that I was in foster care. I also, um, personally experienced all a variety of different types of abuse, uh, sexual, physical, emotional, and neglect. And Benita's going to tell you a little bit more about our program, um, our education program that we take into the schools a little bit later. And it's really all about teaching kids about that type of abuse. I thought it was so interesting. Again, you know, God orchestrates things in such an interesting way in that I had experienced those kinds of things personally, and I thought, I'm going to engage young people in dance in some sort of performing arts capacity because that is what sustained me as I was growing up. I didn't. I was not raised in church, and so for me, music was almost like my... You know, it was my outlet, my connection to someone, uh, somewhere where I could tell my story. Um, and I went to the School of the Arts and and sang, and I was uh, in you know plays and dancing, and I, in every way I could express myself artistically, that gave me peace about the things that had happened to me. And I decided that that's what I was going to give to young people that I was teaching. And so I just, I, I think it's very interesting that through this artistic expression and through this outlet and this coping mechanism that I had created, I then engaged with these young ladies and these young men and then eventually tapped into one uh, young lady who I love dearly who then was subjected to human trafficking and has birthed, so to speak, this, you know, th- this entire organization and so I, I'm, I'm very, I, I think it's important that you understand that about my background. And then the people that have been brought to us uh, are, are sort of in the same vein of folks, right? So uh, one of my first encounters uh, with Benita, and, and she can tell you some more about what, you know, what was going on with her before she came to me, but uh, she was actually uh, in a leadership role with another one of our uh, uh, colleagues on a uh, partnering organization that fights against human trafficking and she was in a leadership role there and I had reached out to her for some resources and to see if we could collaborate a bit and she began to tell me that she was a teacher and that she she was involved in a musical capacity and I was thinking I I love this lady (laughs) she's awesome and so um, I just wanted to keep in touch with her in general and and of course, uh, we we you know we know where our relationship is now. And again, she'll tell you some more about that in a, in our next section here. But I uh, I, I definitely uh, appreciate the the musical aspect. And then through her, she's brought some other people in uh, that are musically inclined. That are also you know people who sing, people who dance. Uh, even in her family, there's a very special praise dancer in her family. So it's coming out all over the place. And the interesting thing about the art piece, um, I must say, is that uh, we 
find that in working with the, the, the thriving survivors that we're working with, and even the ones that we still call victims that we're meeting just for the first time on the street, um, or, or the kids that we meet when we're trying to do prevention in the schools, coming to them in an artistic way, you know, speaking to them in terms that they understand in their language, even speaking to them through art, through, through, um, through graphic art, through music. It's, it's, it's that universal language, right, that, yeah. that young people can relate to. Yes. And so I think that is a um, really big way that we've been, you know, God has been able to use us to reach people that maybe were very difficult to reach in the past, um, so anyway, that, that, that gives you a little bit of my background and, uh, why, you know, why I, I, I was engaging with, um, our, our initially, our initial thriving survivor in the way that I was and, and why I was involved in performing arts. And again, there's going to be some exciting things, uh, that were, well, there's exciting things that we're doing now, uh, that are sort of wrapped all around art and, and certainly some things that are coming up very soon that include an artistic bend on how we can approach really the trauma that the, um, the people that we're working with having experienced. So let me just shift a little bit back over to uh, talking about our first uh, thriving survivor. I just want you all to know that, um, well, first of all, that God is good. He is so good. And um, he really honored, you know, our prayers uh, as we looked for her for over a year and 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 um and just continue to pray for her and hundreds of us, we eventually were able to work with the district attorney uh Nancy O'Malley work with the um with several other of our partners uh, out there that um, we'll be bringing on to this show to talk more but we we worked with a variety of other agencies and we were able to get her to a place of safety. And she went into some rehabilitation programs and uh, came back after a year and was here in the Bay Area with us and reengaging with all the the various agencies and going to counseling and, and being assigned a mentor and reengaging in activities that were fun for her. And I'm happy to say that this past year she graduated from high school. Yay. Yeah, she's. She's so awesome, and yes, she and and, um, and she graduated with community service hours, uh, with honors rather, community service honors, and uh, she's pursuing a career right now. Um, she's learning to be a chef, and she is funny, and um, she's definitely opinionated, and um, and she's actually also in the process of being adopted. And so, uh, as an, in, a, in an adult adoption situation, and so there's just a variety of wonderful things that have come into her life, and we couldn't be more grateful to God for honoring our hearts as it relates to everything that she had need of. Now, I want to tell you in a little bit, we're going to come back, and I want to tell you more about the programs that were birthed, because as she came back, uh, we became aware that she needs this. And so we started developing a program, customizing it with one person in mind. And so you'll notice that Love Never Fails is really, it's really focused on the one, on just the one. And so we, we believe that if we focus on that one person, 
that we will be successful in whatever we do. And I believe that's the heart of God as well. So um, uh, we're going to come back. We're going to learn some more about those programs, that those holistic programs, if you will, that we've developed. And we're also going to hear from Benita a little bit more about our prevention program. So thank you so much, and we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. Hi, well, welcome back. You are listening to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. And uh, we are going to step a little bit into now the holistic programs I was mentioning to you earlier. The, the programs that were developed directly because we noticed, we observed that they were needed by our first thriving survivor and, oh, by the way, I wanted to just clarify. So we, we've we decided, uh, you may have heard if you're in this fight against human trafficking, you've probably heard the term survivor. And uh, we, you know, we think that that is absolutely a stage that that a victim goes through, that sort of that stage of moving from being a victim to being a survivor, which basically means that you, that the abuse is behind you and that you are now surviving that abuse and learning ways to cope with the abuse that you endured. Maybe it was sexual abuse prior that then led to uh, trafficking, and all of that takes you to uh, the stage of moving from being a victim to being to being a survivor. And now, as an organization, we sort of sat with that for a couple years, but in this past year, we've decided that we want to move and and support our program members as they move towards thriving. And so it it really, thriving is a a huge part of our DNA. We don't want to just survive. We want to thrive. We want to empower our program members to be all that they are called to be. And so one of the programs that I wanted to tell you about, it's actually our most recent program developed, but it's actually called Thrive. And it's, uh, it's our, our approach, if you will, at case management. It, it's, it includes our approach at sort of counseling uh, where we bring in partners. For example, the Christian Counseling Center is one of our partners, our, our therapeutic partners, and we have many others that we work with. We also partner with organizations like uh, Barrier Women Against Rape, uh, with West Coast Children's Clinic. These are all uh, with Missy. These are all agencies that provide counseling and case management, and so we partner up with them to um, ensure that our thrivers are actually thriving. And so that that's important, uh, an important program that we've just sort of uh, launched in the last couple of months. One of the things, too, that is an important element that f- sort of fell out of, of the need to make sure that our program members is healthy is making sure that we, as activists, and as advocates and as uh, counselors or case managers or mentors or whatever our role is, that we ourselves are healthy. And so Thrive actually has an outline for ensuring that we all as, uh, as, as workers in this space, as, fi- as those that are fighting against, against human trafficking, that we are well cared for and we're doing self-care and that we have embraced some level of healing ourselves. And so, so that's one of our programs. It's called Thrive. Another program that is underneath the Thrive umbrella is our Mentors for Positive Change program. And again, we noticed that our first young lady needed a mentor. And actually, um, she's being mentored by another organization that had a formal mentoring program at that time. 
but it got us thinking we really need to have something like that because there's just not enough mentors to go around. Um, since that time, about three years ago, we uh, we have developed, uh, we've trained 39 mentors and we background checked them and took them through a 10-week training program called Mentors for Positive Change. Our program is a faith-based program. Many of the other mentoring programs are not. And um, so, um, you know, we, we like to provide our thrivers with some options and, and many of our thrivers are faith-based people. Some are not. And so it's it's good for us to be able to provide um, an answer that has uh, God infused throughout and offers prayer to them and things like that. And so that's what Mentors for Positive Change is all about. So that's our Thrive program. And then um, another one of our programs that uh, kind of birthed out of this whole process is our, our Project Look For Me program. And that is a search and rescue program where we have actually rescued 40 thrivers, 40 thriving survivors since 2011. And that's women and children. We have not rescued any men as of yet, although we have done a couple of searches for young men that were missing. And we have basically partnered with off-duty officers and private investigators to go and, and look for missing children predominantly. And we get phone calls from parents that are in distress, maybe that have filed missing persons reports but need some additional support maybe to put up flyers or to try to search for their children online. These are the kinds of activities that you, that we engage with today, again, with volunteer, private investigators, and off-duty officers. And uh, so meant, uh, that is a project look for me. And then we also uh, have a specific group, and this is our actually our newest uh, team that's developed, and that is our men's services program. And that program is targeted directly at our young men. And one of the statistics, uh, it's actually something that's quite different about us. Although women are predominantly the, uh, the folks that are exploited for the most part, we have found that 88% of those that exploit others, according to DePaul School of Law's uh, recent study, 88% of those that exploit others uh, uh, were abused as children. And we found that young men who have been abused are high, are very much at risk for being exploited and being exploiters. And we believe that young men don't want that. They don't want to be exploiters. They don't want to be abusing people in this way. And they're getting drawn into this maybe by, a, you know, a family member that's corrupting them or by poverty or by, you know, abusive family members that um, that have sexually abused them. And when their abuse went unaddressed, they they made a, they decided for themselves that maybe this is okay to treat people this way. And so these are the things that we've observed in our young men. And so we've decided to create a men's services program that actually will um, uh, allow us to do job training with young men, allow us to mentor young men, uh, allow us to reach out to young men in a way that is safe and also provides them a safe place for prayer and to, to learn more about God. And so that's that's another one of our programs. And then, um, you know, and this is where I want to kind of pull in Benita here. We have uh, a, an amazing program. It's called Love Don't Hurt. And it has a sister program called Freedom Fighters, which I'll let Benita tell you about as well. But the Love Don't Hurt is for middle and high school 
uh, children uh, to receive an opportunity to receive abuse prevention and sex trafficking awareness. And I'd like to just pull Benita in, if you don't mind, Benita. Don't mind. And share a little bit about that. Well, as you have so graciously told us about our our special one who got us all started here, um, as a result of her coming back and saying, you know, if a teacher of mine had only said or asked me a question or that type of thing, it got us thinking. And we launched a an education program from an abuse perspective. And as Vanessa said, it is Love Don't Hurt. Love Don't Hurt Abuse Prevention Program is a program that has been approved to meet public health standards um, here in the state of California for middle and high school students. And as we go into the classrooms of these the various schools around the Bay, we find that the students really get it. They really um, understand abuse because they're living it every day in their everyday lives. I want to back up a little bit, though, and tell you why education is so important to me. Yes, I was a teacher, and I experienced human trafficking from an international viewpoint originally. Um, I've done some travels outside of the U.S. and saw firsthand human trafficking amongst children and came to realize that the same thing was happening here in the U.S., and that totally disturbed me as a teacher. Began to um, research and and find uh, various resources and be taught about the problem here in the U.S. And when I realized that prevention was key, I knew then that that's where I fit in. So I'll tell you more about that in the next segment. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. Okay, and we're back. And thank you for joining the Abolition Radio broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Um, so, Vanita, you were just sharing with us, you know, why you as a teacher, you know, how that sort of played a role in you wanting to dedicate yourself to prevention. Maybe could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I would love to. You mentioned earlier about the DePaul School of Law stat regarding um, 88% of perpetrators or traffickers um, were abused as children. Well, a further study, the Department of Justice says that 65 to 95% of trafficked victims were abused as children. That was appalling to me. That statistic said volumes to me. So my thought then, well, we have to do something on the prevention side of abuse. Right. And um, you mentioned earlier about your monthly network meetings. Mm-hmm. And I was, I fell prey as a victim of those <laughs> <laughs> That's right. monthly network meetings and came to one and have been coming to one ever since. 2012, um, the spring of 2012 there. And um, it was then that I knew that's how I could give back. And that's how I could get involved. And so there were um, a group of people who were already working 
on this for Love Never Fails. And I just came in to bring in others to develop the program, to create the program. And we had people from all walks of life, all volunteers, many students who um, were working in uh, on their master's even in public health who helped um, us com- create the program and put a program together. And maybe I'll get to tell you more about that in a later se- segment. But we will... Um, we have put together a program that talks about the four main abuses, emotional, neglect, sexual and physical abuse. We've added uh, self-solving tools of drugs, alcohol, and runaways because that population um, is very prevalent in this space. And we know that drugs and alcohol are tools that are used to subdue uh, victims. And we've added a, a gender dynamics piece as well. That um, covers the first four or five times that we meet in our academy setting, setting. And I can tell you more about that at a different time. But you also mentioned about us being creative, artistic ones. And we allow the students in the class to um, really teach us. I love that week because I tell them, I don't get to say anything. You get to teach me. And they they get to um, choose something that, um, sparked them or that something that they learned and take it and uh, creatively um, teach it back mm-hmm. or teach their class, whether it's a poem or uh, a song or a dance. Yeah. Um, so that we call that it's a wrap. And then the final stage of our academy portion is called we give them a graduation. So everyone gets a certificate and prizes and they get to graduate from this program. So very um, viable there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm reminded when one of the first times that we did this that there were young people that actually did rap songs mm-hmm. and sang, you know, made their own music yes. and um, PowerPoints, uh, slideshows yes. with music tracks in the background. I mean, they get really creative, right? We've had hula dancing, oh, yeah. videos. Yeah, very creative. Yeah, and so, you know, we're going to actually have Benita come back and we're going to just dedicate our next session, our next show, which is next Saturday from 3 to 4 p.m. Uh, we are going to talk about the Love Don't Hurt program. I've al- I would also like uh, to share a little bit more with you about our elementary school program, mm-hmm. which is called Freedom Fighters. Yes. And um, and then also our STEM program that we are co-developing with Cisco Systems. And so we have a lot of exciting things. Also, we, should, we need to talk about YCAT, our yes. Youth Commission. Yeah. And, um, and, and maybe you could just mention a little bit about how our Youth Commission is engaging uh, in the National Human Trafficking Awareness Day on January 11th. I would love to. Um, we have youth from all over the Bay Area who have come together and said, we want to not only learn about this issue, but we want to take action in regard to this issue. So we have um, we have a project that we're running from January 12th, Monday, January 12th, through February 12th, um, that is called Change Project, our project for change. And um, they are going to set up uh, containers in their schools, in their neighborhood stores or wherever they may like to set up containers. And as people bring their change, pocket change, they're taking action to make change to help 
us make change in the Bay Area in this issue. And this is such a powerful, just a quick story. When we did Freedom Fighters in um, an elementary school in, in the East Bay with, uh, I think it was third and fourth graders, yes. Uh, This was absolutely incredible. The young people that were in Miss Campbell's uh, room. Hi, Miss Campbell. Um, (laughs) Those those young uh, fighters, freedom fighters, they actually worked with um, one of our one of our colleagues, Mark Fisher and the Red Window Project. He came in and and he helped them set up these jars. Uh, and uh, uh, these, you know, these containers, as Benita mentioned, and go back to their communities and collect change. Uh, and that approach, you know, was just hugely impactful for the young people. Uh, they they received our education program, and then they were put to the test. Mm. Uh, and Mark came in there with with uh, Miss Campbell, and um, they were able to raise six hundred dollars. To and donated that to the Red Window Project to remove victims and remove survivors from uh, these exploitative situations in the Philippines, and so that was just incredible. And then we had two fourth graders go on to to uh, join up with us, and they went up to speak to the senators about Senate Bill eleven sixty five, which passed earlier this year, and uh, and and they also both wrote books. Mm to take a stand against human trafficking. We're talking about fourth graders, right? Right, right. So it's just, you know, with with the youth wanting to get involved and active here, uh, the power is there. Yes. And when they take a stand and they take up for their brother and sister that's sitting next to them in the classroom, uh, there's nothing that we uh, old folks, okay, seasoned folks, <laughs> seasoned, can do <laughs> to to compete with that. So anyway, we're going to learn more about that next week from three to four p.m. I did want to mention a couple of things. So we do have a Facebook page. It's called "It's Love Never Fails" is our Facebook page. So I want to encourage you to go on there and go ahead and like our page so that you can learn more about events that we have coming up. For example, the um, l- monthly uh, Action Network meeting is from two fifteen to uh, 415 at Faith Fellowship Church in the youth building. And uh, that's a time when, um, quite frankly, you know, we, we get folks like our wonderful Benita Hopkins who come and and uh, we learn from each other and uh, we provide more detail about our programs and ways that you can get involved. So please do uh, come and join us at Faith Fellowship. That's 577 Manor Boulevard in San Leandro in the youth building from 215 to 415. Um, also this week, just this, uh, I guess this Saturday, it, we are doing an event and we're, it's a call to action to the men in our community. Um, it, it's called Men Up. And uh, we purposely didn't choose the name Man Up because we didn't want people to think that we were suggesting that men need to... Um, need to be the strong ones in this and and put their foot down and fight in that sort of stereotypical way that men might fight. But instead, we're encouraging men to lift each other up and to be a support system to each other in, in ways that um, maybe aren't traditionally accepted by men. Meaning, uh, we have a lot of men that are out there suffering that have been abused 
and uh, have not maybe shared their abuse with anybody, have not been able to cry about it, have not been able to be real about it. And we believe that this is one of the reasons why exploitation and pornography and a variety of other behaviors that men fall ensnared to are continuing to prevail. And so we have decided with our director of men's services, Marty Martinez, we've decided to do this event to invite men to come and learn more about human trafficking and how they can, number one, be healed themselves, right? That's our Thrive mm-hmm. model. Be healed themselves, and in that healing, be uh, a safe um form a safe place for all young men and young ladies to uh, be able to find their own healing. So again, our Men Up event is going to be from 2 to 5 at the Market Street Seventh-day Adventist Church in Oakland. And that is uh, 2 to 5. And then we're going to go on a monthly street outreach, which we do every third Saturday of the month. We're going to do that there, starting off at, um, uh, again, Market Street Seventh-day Adventist Church And we are going to meet for a training from 6 to 7.30. And then we're going to hit the street and go and share the love of of God with everyone that we meet. And we welcome you to join us for both events. Uh, We also have a lot of other things coming up, which we'll share with you in each one of our programs as we go. Again, things that uh, we're doing personally, uh, like our Freedom Expo that's coming up in February where we're, which we'll be doing at Oakland City Church, and we'll tell you more about that next week. Why can't walk? Why can't walkathon? Yep. When is that? March seventh. March seventh. Um, we have got. I mean, we've got stuff going, and if you like to warm milk for pigeons that are flying across <laughs> the world, I bet you we can make room for that to happen. So, um, anything, any gift that you may have that can be used to fight against human trafficking and make this world a safer place for you and I and for our children is one that we welcome. So um, thank you again. And uh, yes, save your change, change for change. Thank you so much. And, uh, and we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to abolition radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. Okay, we're back, and this is Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. So uh, we were just having quite a laugh here about uh, serving warm milk to pigeons, but we'll move on from that. I hope you were <laughs> chuckling as we were here in the studio. But um, one of the things that uh, I, I, I didn't, I forgot to mention earlier that I thought would be important for you to hear before we sort of move on is uh, there are two other programs that uh, are really important uh, and again part of our holistic system that we found was um, was necessary for our first young lady and one of those uh, was community outreach right so being um, being a a vehicle if you will that is doing things like what we're doing right now talking to you about human trafficking and raising awareness about what it means to be an abolitionist and what it means to take a stand against slavery. You know, that's a pretty scary thing for a lot of us, right? Taking action. Taking yeah. action. And, um, you know, you worry, well, what, what are the implications to my family, to my children, that if I get involved in this? But um, I, I'm here to tell you that there are so many, you know, I, I made a joke about it, right, with the pigeons and the warm milk. But there's so many things that people need. Um, it, maybe you have a gift for fundraising, uh, maybe you have a gift for speaking with businesses that can donate soap to us 
or donate hand warmers. Mm-hmm. You know, just think about something as simple as when people are standing on the corner, uh, they're not allowed to wear a lot of clothing and uh, they're out there as as slaves. And so if we could give them some hand warmers that would help them to keep their hands warm as they stand out there from midnight until six o'clock in the morning, how much of a difference would that make? And how would that be sharing lo- God's love with them? So it's things like that, that maybe maybe that's your gift. Or maybe, you know, we have one woman, a beautiful woman, Sharon, she creates um, bracelets. They're called memory bracelets. And they say, you are precious in his sight, or or um, you are loved, or uh, you are valued. And we hand those out to people, uh, you know, some of our thriving survivors, just to remind them of who they are. Maybe that's your gift. Maybe you know how to knit um, you know, 70% of our young ladies have children that are under the age of five years old, you know, being able to give them diapers or formula, things like that. So, we, you know, that's part of our community outreach. And uh, that's headed up by our uh, our lovely and wonderful Brenda Ribs. And, mm-hmm. and uh, she'll be on to share some more with you about things that she does. Um, even Brenda will tell you that uh, when she first joined uh, Love Never Failed, she didn't know where she sat. Now she's very sure about <laughs> who she is in this yes, fight, she and she has a, has found her voice and is really advocating for people what they need, the daily needs that people have. And you'll find her at tables all throughout the community sharing those needs. So if you maybe want to go with her and, 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 and table with her, that's something we welcome you to do. Also, another program I didn't mention earlier but is essential, it's just really critical, is our Life Launch program, which is our workforce development program. And I'll have a, I'll come back on in, in a future Saturday and share more with you about that. But what we've done is we've actually uh, taken 12 young ladies and 11 young men through a 28-week job training program. And we've been able to get at least half of those folks a, a job. And so, um, and that was a pilot program over this past year. We learned a tremendous amount. We're actually in the process of revamping that program and we're looking for some more volunteers to help us lead that up. We're also looking for jobs for minors because it's very challenging to find work when you're under the age of 18. And so if you, um, you know, you know of a, a, a safe place for our minors to work, that's something that we welcome uh, your input on. So again, we, we encourage you to like us on Facebook. Um, our Facebook page is Love Never Fails. Our website is loveneverfailsus.com and you can learn more about us uh, there. Uh, you can also uh, tell your friends about this this program, get them involved, and learn more about how you can um, actively support us and our partners. Again, I want to emphasize that we can't do this alone. Uh, we're grateful to KFAX for giving us the opportunity to have this show. Uh, and, and there's so many others that we partner with day in and day out that we could not do this. Uh, we could not do this without their help. I also want to, again, remind you to come out and join us at Men Up our program that is a safe place for men to engage in the fight against human trafficking. And that will be at the Market Street Seventh-day Adventist Church in Oakland from 2 to 5 on Saturday, January 17th. We also want to encourage you to get out, to get involved. Uh, check our website for activities that we're involved in for National Human Trafficking Awareness Day, which is January 11th, and that is tomorrow. 
And, um, and of course, we want to encourage you to um, take the time to notice what's going on around you. Uh, if you see a youth that looks down and, and out or maybe even even behaving aggressively, you know, maybe some way that might even scare you or might even think, it, oh, that's just so completely inappropriate. Take a moment and, and pray for them. Because uh, we found, you know, prayer and love is really at the bottom of all that anger and, and, and all that sort of acting out. That, that prayer and that love is what's going to make the difference in their life. Just take a moment to notice those around you. And, and again, come back and join us next week from 3 to 4 p.m. Uh, just right here, uh, KFAX 1100, 3 to 4 p.m. next Saturday uh, for Abolition Radio. Thanks for joining us this week on Abolition Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and survival and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at abolitionradio.org, by liking and sharing our page on Facebook, Facebook slash Abolition Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. Abolition Radio is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported, nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in sex trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to abolitionradio.org and click on Love Never Fails. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries and with major support from the staff and membership and donors at Faith Fellowship Church. On behalf of Vanessa, Benita, and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thanks for listening, and thanks even more for taking action to help set captives free. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>